HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Play Matchmaker with the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app. With the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app, you can quickly discover perfect cheese and drink pairings from the convenience of your own palm. CheeseCupid.com. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And I'm Mary Izette. From The Man You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Your love is chloroform perfume. Just one whiff and you start to swoon. Now tell me how I'm supposed to feel this Welcome to Love Bites on Heritage Radio Network where dining and dating collide in New York City. I'm one of your hosts, lady food writer Jacqueline Raposo. You can catch me on everything as wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34, straight and single. And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I'm an actor, writer, musician, occasionally a bartender and a server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 33, straight and so, so single. After our first segment today, we're going to be joined by Jamie Feldmar and Sarah Zorn, two local food writers who are going to give us the single and married takes on how eating for a living affects their love lives. I adore these two women. I'm very excited that they're here. Uh, but first, we want to thank those of you who have listened these past eight or so weeks. It's our now eight-week anniversary, Benny. Happy Woo-hoo. anniversary. Uh, we really loved exploring the intersection of love and food on the show, and we get a crazy high from every interaction we have with you guys. Um, But we really want this show to be more of a two-way street. So here's what you can do to make that happen a little bit. Uh, We're on iTunes. You can subscribe to us as a podcast on iTunes. And maybe if you feel like it, leave a review there. Good reviews only, please. Good reviews only, please. Yeah. (laughs) The bad ones you can keep to yourselves. No, we'd love your constructive criticism. Yes, would be great. Yeah. And we've got this website, lovebitesradio.com. We post about all of our upcoming guests on the show. We do occasional blogs. We put up our segments there. If we've missed something in the conversation, let us know. We're on Facebook. We've got this beautiful show page on heritageradionetwork.org on their new website. And um, like we did a couple weeks ago, we also invite you to hook us up a little bit, you know, on Facebook, uh, on our website, on Twitter. Find us anywhere. But definitely, if you like the show, let us know. If you don't like the show, let us know. Let us know we can do better. Let us know we can do better. And uh, obviously, you know, dating, dining, food, deliciousness. We are here for you. Um, But this week, something exciting happened because one of you was here for us, Ben. 
you got you got hooked up. I got from, hooked up. You got up, hooked up. It worked. It, it worked. worked. Yay! Eureka! Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So uh, we, if you are a regular listener, you will know that a couple weeks ago, Jacqueline and I um, put out a call to hook us up. We said what we were looking for. We. Uh, and then Heritage our, made these adorable little like baseball cards from it. That they was were like, like little personal ads. They were very cute. Um, and mine had my adorable face on it. Adorableness. And um, and all this stuff about passion and self reflection and it was very and, it was very and flirtation deep. and, and sexiness. Yeah. And uh, all these things he was looking for. And and what happened? And I we got a few responses of people who like wanted to hook me up with their friends or even like one. So I, there were there were three potential women who like I. Was maybe going to go out with? Out already. Like, yeah, oh god, so, there's three of them. So one of them kind of wrote, being like, "Hey, like, sounds interesting. I'm down. Hi, Ben." And, and what happened with her? So with her, I just like replied in the kind of comment thread that was going on. I was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, sounds great. Shoot me a message." And maybe I should have been taken like more of the initiative because she kind of flaked after that. And maybe I would have taken the initiative a little more too, but. Being the superficial, you know, asshole that I am, I stalked through her photos a little bit and was like not asshole. totally impressed. All right, anyway. all right. Let's skip. Let's skip past so, that then. So this other person who okay. So then that? another person like wrote in saying she had two friends she wanted to hook me up with. How did she decide? So which she one? she asked for my email address, which I gave her, and then she wrote me an email saying she had two questions for me. Ooh. The first being. Am I Jewish? Which my name is Ben Rosenblatt. (laughs) Um, So the answer there was yes. Um, And the other is, am I would I be interested in dating an older woman? And And the answer to that was a little more complicated because the answer well because you're 33, you don't necessarily want to go out with a 70 year old. I'm guessing it might be your limit. Actually, (laughs) that would kind of be hot. No. <laughs> so all right, so you said yes no, or no. So, well I said I said yes, but I put in a caveat, which is that um I am not looking necessarily, as we kind of discussed last week, to like have children at least right away. And so I made uh, it clear right. that if this woman was reaching the age where she was getting really wanting that and re- getting to an age where she was like looking to settle down and have kids right away, that like maybe it wouldn't be the best match. All right, so who she set you up with? She set me up with the younger girl who's the Jewish girl. Okay. And, have you gone uh, out with her yet? We're going out tomorrow night. Ooh. Wait, so what has your exchange been like so far? Because we did talk like we've talked about going offline. We're sort of still online if people are hooking us up online. But like the idea of meeting people through people rather than just being on dating apps, like getting hooked up by people who know people who you know. Um, so what did why did she think? Did she give you any indication why she that why she thinks that you two might hit it well, off? Well, she saw the little personal ad, so I'm assuming that maybe she thought that this girl fit some of the Characteristics okay, but you don't have I any mentioned. more like conversation with the actual woman doing this setting up. No. Okay. She she sent an email to both of us saying, "Hey, meet each other," and she gave our names and told us a little bit about each other that she knew, which she doesn't really know me at all. So, um, and she gave me like a little snippet of information <sighs> about this woman, and then was like, "All right, off you go." So, Sat what has your communication been? So I. Started things off by sending an email, like asking her some questions about herself, telling her a little bit about me. Uh, she responded. Did answering, you send her a dick pic? 
Yeah, but it was like three photos that I had to kind of paste <laughs> together because they don't, you know, I can't really get a, like an accurate and shot so, in right. one. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I had to ask you that. Um, so, no, come on. What kind of good guy do you think I am? I would never. You're the one that brought up dick pics a couple weeks because ago. Because I assumed that you always received them. <laughs> no. What kind of girl do you think I am, Ben? All right, let's get back to the point All girls hand. receive them, I thought. Let's get back to the point I had. Okay, so you're messaging with her. and <laughs> We'll have to ask our, our guests later if they receive all right, note to self after the break. Yes. Uh, so, so things are going well enough. So, yeah, so we, we exchanged like a couple emails that were like, I, I tend to be like very verbose and overly, you know, wordy. So I sent like a couple like really wordy emails um, and she responded very nicely and very sweetly. And then I was like, all right, well, there's only so much you can get to know about someone through email. So... Like, I'm down to just hang out if you are. And she was like, great. And so now, tomorrow night, I'm taking her to one of my favorite spots in New York. And I'm very which excited. Is? Which is an amazing little spot that you all must try. Um, it is a tiny, tiny little bar on the Lower East Side called Sunita. Um, it's on Norfolk between Rivington and Delancey. And it is owned by this woman named Sunita, who is the owner and the only bartender so it's just like a total one-woman show. If she's not there, the place is just kind of closed for the night. That's, I guess, the one drawback to the places that I've tried to go a couple times. And just like it's been closed because she was out doing Have something else. Have you brought else. other girls there? I, it's like a place. It's one of my spots. <laughs> yes, I brought a few other girls there. Okay, so there. it's not yes. that you're already putting this woman on a pedestal so much that you're taking her to the place. No, 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 okay. no. It's just like so, one of my go-to kind of spots where I we haven't where I know we'll have a nice time and it's okay, you know right, I try right. to impress a so little bit. question so are you more nervous about this because you got set up through somebody than were you to just meet her online I don't normally? really get nervous so it doesn't but there doesn't feel like there's any more pressure because a she know I mean she knows about the radio show obviously I don't know if she's listened do you know if she's listened I don't think she has okay um, but, but I mean she knows? she knows more about you than somebody who you just you know maybe meet I, on I actually feel better about website. it than I do about why um, I don't know. There's a little, even though I barely have met the person who did the setting up, there's something just about knowing someone who knows the person that like makes it, makes me feel like they have some more substance or. I'm hoping that this is going to be like our new thing in our thirties. Like we were talking before the show about how like when you're younger in your twenties, you just date people. You don't really need to find them. Or even if you're dating online, you just date a lot of people and you go out a lot and you have a lot of sex and like, it's sort of really easy, but like we get in our thirties, they are for that. But then we're in our thirties and like, we like life. Like we like our lives. Like we like our jobs. We're more, a little bit more grounded. We're more self-assured. We have, nicer apartments and good friends and it's, it's like we don't need to sort of just be out and be crazy social but like i'm hoping that maybe we've been talking it's coming up a lot like people just setting each other have you ever been set up, up? i have not and i would love to be set up and i just finished reading well <laughs> listening to aziz ansari's modern romance it's really amazing to listen to because he narrates it and he goes to like five different countries he does a hundred case studies he tests audiences like during his stand-up the entire time he's researching the book it's a great listen because it's really funny and it and it's smart. It's not just him doing a memoir or a comedy book, but like the conclusion sort of is just like that all of the angst that we get from being online and all the time we spend the older you get when you're sort of past it, especially when you're ready for something of significance, like just 
if you've got great people in your life, have those great people hook you up with other great people and just sort of do, you know, I mean, we, we both have amazing people that we work with. Totally. We work so why with. haven't you had anyone hook you up with anyone? It, Honestly, I'd never thought about it until the past couple of weeks. And then so many of my friends now are married with, you know, and with potentially with children um, that it's just not like they're they're in the family zone already. Like, I have to think about that more to reach out to single people and then just to let people know that you're open to it. Like, I think that's, you know, if we're thinking about, like, how do you make that happen? Like, how do you make that happen if you don't have a radio show where you can tell people, hey, hook us up? Like, how do you make that happen? I think it's just letting people know that you want that to happen. Totally. And I, I think I think it's better, and this is a total generalization and maybe awful of me to say, but I think it's better to go through a female friend. Really? Like, I, yeah. I, because I feel like with guys, I, I mean, I don't know. I've been kind of potentially set up a couple times or I've had women mention to me a couple times that they have a friend they want to set me up with or like I've gone to a female friend and been like, oh, like, I think your friend is kind of cool or I think your friend is kind of hot. Like, can you hook me up? And I think it's, for me anyway, easier through a female because... But if I went to you, being my male buddy... Here's the and thing. Said, I know what all of my male friends are like. And, like, they're all awesome guys. How do you and know I me, don't want what your friends are like? Well, maybe you do. I don't I know. Don't. But, I probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, like, that's the thing is, like... And you and I are also unique in that, you know, you dated one of my absolute best friends for a decade. And so... There's never really been any, like... Are you holding a candle for him or something? No, I'm just saying that there's never really been any sexual tension or anything like that between you and I. Right. Whereas, like, most guys and their Maybe girlfriends... Maybe not on your side, Ben. I'm just kidding. There hasn't been. I know you've been secretly in love with me forever. <laughs> um, no, but with most girlfriends that I have, even, or I think most guys and most girls who are friends, there has at some point been some you know, flirtation or interest or some level of something that's maybe gone down, right? And so, like, I think it's hard sometimes for, like, a girl or a guy to want to, like, set up his girlfriend or a girl to set up her guy friend because maybe there's, like, I don't know. I want to open you know? this up to people who are listening, guys who are listening, because I am curious about this, though, because I have a lot of guy friends, um, and I don't, like, there's no guy friend in my life that I have secret sexual pinings for, but maybe um, they've had them for you. Like, I could think of at least one guy friend who we have who... There's, like, been, there's been a bunch some... of our guy friends. Let's not yes, joke. Okay. Right? Yes, I know. But, but I, they've been there, done what, that with them. So it's not like I need to do it again. But it's still um, there. But like, it's, you know... I guess. All right. Well, let's, um, let's open that up to you guys. If you have any... If you, A, you want to set us up, or you have this male versus female question about how this would work, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, or tell us, how do you do it? How do you you get set up? Yeah. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, though. Uh, First, we want to thank our sponsor. Woohoo, a new sponsor. Yeah! They are Wisconsin Cheese Cupid. And they have an amazing app um, that we it's just downloaded, adorable. which is so cool. We were playing around with before we went on the air today. It's very sexy looking. It's like black and gold it's and sleek. red. It's very sleek. Um, anyway, you name your cheese and it'll name you a couple different types of wine, a couple different types of beer, um, a dessert wine. It'll describe the wines and describe the cheeses. And or it'll vice tell versa. you put what, in what you're drinking. to pair with. Yeah, and put in what you're drinking and it'll tell you what to eat. So it's really cool. Check them out. It's Wisconsin Cheese Cupid. Give it a download. Best thing is, it's free. It's so what free. do you have to lose? Um, we're going to take a quick break though right now. 
listen to the smooth music of Rec Tech. And when we come back, we'll be joined by two gorgeous and insanely smart lady writers who are in the studio with us right now. So come back and take a listen after the music. Still paying attention? Are you there? Hello, 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 hello. I'm talking to you. Hi. Hey, this is Jack Inslee. I'm the executive producer here at Heritage Radio Network. I've been here at the station since 2009, and I cannot believe just how much this network has grown over that time. We've been able to grow because of donations from people like you. So if you're enjoying this, if you laughed, if you learned something, contribute anything. A dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, anything counts. And trust me, we'll appreciate seeing your name come through on the donations. So consider visiting heritageradionetwork.org, click on that little beating heart, the donate button, and show us you care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. are so excited to have Jamie Feldmar and Sarah Zorn in the studio today, two of my favorite fellow lady writers. Uh, Jamie was one of my editors at Serious Eats during her time there, and then we worked together again when she was a senior editor at Tasting Table. She's now a co-founder and partner in Mona Creative, a creative agency helping all sorts of companies and food be the best they can be, and she's working on a cookbook, We, with Chef Naomi Pomeroy. Sarah Zorn is no novice to Heritage Radio. Her show, Taste Talks, extended her work with Northside Media's Taste Talks Festival, bringing luminaries in the food world in to discuss the intersection between food, art, design, and technology. She's the editor of Brooklyn Magazine and an editor and writer for Restaurant Girl. Her cookbook, Brooklyn Chef's Table, it's gorgeous, brings recipes from some of the borough's most beloved institutions together in a way that's addictively appetizing and heartwarming. Welcome to Love Bites, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having Hearing us. somebody read your bio never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> I always get so nervous when people are reading my bio. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess I do do that crap. Um, so I'm so excited to have you guys here. So Jamie, you're currently single. It's Sarah, true. you've been married for... A long time. 11, 11 years. 11 I do not know years. why I'm on this show right now. Well, because... Because that is true love right there. Being Sometimes. like being a, a lady in the food world, like our, our worlds, our work worlds and social worlds mix a lot. Um, I find that my time is often taken at night to go to food events and business things rather than... You know, maybe being social and going out with friends or, you know, being single, Jamie, like trying to go on a date now and then. So, like, how does being a food writer and that socialization aspect affect your lives being single and being married? Well, you know, I I feel like the way it affects my life being married, I feel like probably I should be accepting the millions of invitations that I get 
every day and I at least should be going out so to I know well like half of them are you know from uh, the tomato sauce, you know, board of whatever. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not. It's not equally. I would kill for an invitation from the tomato sauce board. Board of whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but I, you know, I I should probably be putting myself out there more and going out to dinner. But I, you know, I'm an old married lady, so to me, like date night is staying home with my husband and cooking. But is it because you want to stay dishes? home with your husband, or because he doesn't want to come out with you? Uh, it's he. It's a combination. I don't want to say wa- he doesn't want to come out with me. You know a little bit of the backstory. My husband has um, a, a, a pre-existing health issue that really does genuinely affect his ability to dine out with me sometimes because it is, you know, affected directly by food sometimes. But a lot of it is also he does legitimately work in the evenings. He's a dog trainer and he works when his clients get home. So that's really, you know, most of the time he's doing that. But, you know, some of the time it is health related and I respect and get that. So if he can't be my plus one five days a week, uh, you know, I, I, I want to be home with him. It's not yeah. exciting having dinner out with your, you know, food boyfriends as much as I love them as it is, you know, ordering pizza with your real husband Aww. and watching Netflix. Aww. And what about you, Jamie? Like, when you're out at the, all these food events, are you like, social? are you like the total socialite with all these like sexy chef men? Or are you like trying to keep it like all under wraps because like these are people you work with? You could tell uh, that he doesn't go to a lot of these events. There's not like a lot of sexy chef men rubbing up on ladies yeah, on I'm these like, events. Oh, all right, well. Where, where are I know, I want to go. Ben, you're going to be my plus one going forward when my husband can't do it. All right. No. All right. I mean, it's tough, Love you know, it. like my, the lines between my professional life and my social life are completely blurred. They're all, there's almost no boundary between them. And the reality of the situation is that work is always, at this point in my life, like work is my boyfriend. It's typically my top priority. It takes precedence over my personal life, but at the same time, it's one and the same with my personal life. So it's tough because I spend a lot of my time, a lot of my social life, like in the food world. And I don't really want to date someone in the food world, but then I spend all my time in it. So I would be lying if I said I had never dated anyone in the food world, because where am I supposed to find someone else if I'm spending all my time in this little bubble? What, what happens when you try to bring a guy from the outside world in? Has that happened yet? And what's that experience yeah, like? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that really sort of annoys me is when I'm talking to a new guy who is not in the food world and they ask what I do and then I have to tell them and then the onus immediately gets put on me to pick a place to go. Oh, I know. That never changes though. I've planned my birthday for the last 11 years very begrudgingly because nobody wants to plan for you. I don't feel like I would do that though. I I love being the planner of dates. Well, no, it's because I get intimidated by like, oh, if they pick a place you don't like. Yeah, or they're like, you know everything about every restaurant in New York and I'm like, well, one, that's not really true but two, even if it was like Really, the most attractive thing to me would be if you took some initiative and made a plan. And I don't even really care where we go. Just, like, make it happen. Like, show show yourself. Like, be aggressive. Be forthright. And, like, do it. And I that don't is, even care what it is. That is the spiel that I give my husband every year when birthday time rolls around. I'm like, take me to fucking Wendy's. I do not care. Just do not make <laughs> me pick up the phone really and talk work. to a show. Well, that makes it less about work. It's like if you're planning a date and you're picking the place, like, A, if you know the people it's hard to sneak in and if you're on a date like it's hard to like go to a restaurant that you know i always try to avoid doing that like it's tempting at first to go to a restaurant where you know people because it's like oh it's fun they'll like send us food but when you do it for a living 
it can be really awkward when a chef is coming over to talk to you or like sending you extra food and maybe the person you're with is a picky eater or they don't like food or then your whole like flow is getting interrupted because people are coming up and talking to you about work stuff like I think it's awkward. I always try to go to pretty anonymous places early on. That's smart. Because even, like, your energy changes. Like, if I'm, like, on a date and I'm trying to be, like, sweet and flirty, it's different. Like, the chef comes over. I'm not going to use my sweet and flirty voice with, like, you know, Plus, people that work there. Guys out there, I just want to really quickly yell at you. Like, how hard is it to get on Yelp and just, like, find a place and pick it and say, this is where we're going and go there? So hot, guys out there. It's yeah. super so hot easy. when you do that. Husbands, too. I, I will be fair. This year, he really got on it. Although I did, I, f- I first put a plea on social media saying that my birthday was coming up. And if anybody wanted to give my husband suggestions <laughs> oh, for sweet. planning, they could. And they sent some very good suggestions. But he went rogue and he made a reservation at Jean Georges, which is oh, very, wow. I mean, so you like That's the shoot, for the, th- having a shoot for the three stars. <laughs> she told you you could take her to Wendy's. <laughs> and I you did. told, you chose Jean Georges. That is wow. He, he, he delivered this year. He delivered. Nice. So how do, when you guys both go to like, so when you go to events, if you're not with your husband or if you do go alone, like how do you maneuver that? Because I don't know about you. I feel so awkward when I go to events without a plus one. Like I, I do take dates to things because otherwise I'd rather do food things most of the time than date. So I'll just bring a date with me. But like when you go, like, because a lot of couples, a lot of work people and couples go, like, do you feel inadequate if you don't bring somebody with you to a lot of these? Or would you rather go alone? I ride solo a lot. You're badass, Jamie. I mean, what if there's someone cute there? That's what, I would be, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, that's it's a good singles opportunity. Well, in that case, though, then how? Because I've never dated somebody, like, in the food world. Yeah, like, so how do, do you do? Well, no, 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 you, you went down this path. Now you have to tell me how you do it, though. Like, if there's somebody cute there, like, how do you, like? Well, I, I mean... It's an art. It's not Ooh. science. <laughs> we were talking with the Picasso I know. of just, dating in the food world sort of here. No, her you know what? Here. It's tough. Like, I don't necessarily think it's the best idea, like I said, to date someone in the food industry. But I do think when you work in the industry, you know, one of the things that has happened for, for me is that, like, because I love what I do, I find that when I'm looking at a potential partner, it's important to me that they also love what they do. It doesn't have to be food. But someone who just has a day job that they don't really give a shit about is probably never really going to gel with me because what I do is so intertwined with every aspect of my life that I sort of need someone who can match that with whatever else they're doing. So it's easy to find those people in the arena of food because most people who do it are are pretty into it. Um, And I don't know. I wish I had a, a better answer. I'm still trying to figure it out, too. Sorry, I think, I'm gonna, I think I think Sarah found her plus one in Ben. I think I found my plus one in Jamie. I'm gonna be like, hi, Jamie. I'm gonna just I, we watch can, the, some I wing ladies for wing each man other. the shit out of you. Yeah, Yay, likewise. I love that. I'm gonna wing man the shit out of you right back. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> sounds dirty. Radio. I don't know why, but it just does. Um, um, so the so the arts are like notoriously stressful to be in, and you're both you're both writers. You both got cookbooks. You just founded a company. Jamie, Sarah, you've been working with Brooklyn Magazine for a while now. Um, do you have like desire? Like, how, do you have any long term? Like, New York is expensive, and what we do, we don't make a crazy amount of money in, no matter how up there you are. You know, no matter if you're working for a huge food website or magazine. So, like, 
does that play into your mentality at all for like a, a future? Like if you plan to stay in New York, do you plan to have a family? Do you, I'm going to let the married lady take this first and then I'll chip in. How is it sustainable to be a food, to be a lady food writer? Uh, I just like saying lady food writer. uh, It's not an answerable question. It's not remotely sustainable, save for the fact that I'm, way happier and more fulfilled as a food writer than I was in my former life. And I've, I've, since I've been married for so long, my husband has seen me through various stages in my career. So I'm certainly, I'm, I'm the happiest that I've been, you know, in, in the length of our marriage because I feel the most fulfilled professionally. But, you know, the thing is I've cultivated a career that happens to be you know, intrinsically tied to New York City. I have a niche that I'm a, you know, New York City centric food writer, and it's been a hard niche to cultivate. Um, you know, there are very few places out there that are really paying people to do that because there are plenty of people out there willing to do it for free. So I, you know, yeah, that's such a hard thing about writing is that there's so many people working for peanuts or the arts for in general. Nothing. It's- a terrible thing where people are willing to work for free, for free and it you know really is a disservice to those of us who are trying to make a living and have and really honed our craft. crafts yeah. and uh-huh. are Jinx, really disciplined. You me a Coke. And when you, when you've found a way to make it happen, it's you know not something that you feel like you just want to you know to you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But being that I'm a genuine New York City native, all of my romantic illusions about what New York City is have long since dissipated. Mm-hmm. I would like nothing more than to live in a beautiful house in a quiet little town. I've literally never lived in a house in my life. Like that is my wow. ultimate dream to live in a house because I've only ever lived in New York City apartments. And as long as I'm in New York City, I will never ever live in a house. Um, and, you know, my husband and I, don't really see ourselves ever having children, which is a conversation for another like, time. Yeah, but, but that helps. We talked about that last week, and that like does it does shape the choices that you make and what you can do and how much you how much money you need to make. It it does, but we do. Where I was going with that more so is that like we have committed our our you know lives to having dogs and nurturing dogs and taking care of dogs. And really, for the it sounds silly, I'm sure to a lot of people, but since having my dog, I feel about my dog the way you hear people talk about having children like wanting them to grow up in a real community and like feel safe to run down the street like I want my dog to have grass and you know to have people that don't run across the street when they see him and oh Sarah's getting out Sarah's (laughs) gonna get out soon I you know I, I say all the time if it was possible for me to be a New York City food writer anywhere but New York City I would do it in a second Uh but just like I resent people coming from other cities and trying to have some claim on what the New York City you know restaurant world is because I feel if nothing else what I bring to the table and what I do is a real understanding of you know the past present and how it shapes the future of New York City dining as opposed to just having a very contemporary view of what the dining scene is now so and, yeah, but it's that's like a conundrum that you're in because you're so niche for yourself too. So I can't just move to Portland and be that yeah. jerk trying to say like, here I am. Let me write about your <laughs> restaurant. So it's it's difficult. I've yeah. I've kind of cornered myself into this box, and I'm grateful to have a voice inside this box. But it's keeping me very tied to New York City, and I'm really over it. <laughs> well, and Jamie, you sort of branched out by not working for one food site anymore. That you've got your own yeah. company, which obviously is going to keep you here for a while. Yeah, I mean, I've been in New York since I was 17, and I can't see myself going anywhere else but you know the 
reality is that it's very difficult to make it as strictly a writer here. And part of the reason that I started a business with two partners and I'm branching out beyond strictly editorial work is because of that financial reality. Um, you know, I do editorial work, I do cookbooks, but I also run a company that does marketing, branding, and PR. And in the food world, you know, you sort of, I think you have to do that. Um, I think it's really difficult to make it as a writer to work for yourself, especially as a freelancer. Um, and, you know, I think this industry is evolving so quickly that you just have to sort of set your own path and figure out your values. I know it sounds so cheesy, but it's like you need to figure out what matters to you. And like for me, I wanted to work independently. I wanted to work with people I liked. I still wanted to do writing. And the way for me to do that was to go down this road. Um, and I think I'll be here. But like Sarah, I also don't want kids. And I have a lot of friends who've left. When wow. They there's do. four of us in this room that are going to be kidless. I feel like we should start a band or something. <laughs> At least a meetup group. Yay. The childless <laughs> Brooklynites. But yeah, I mean, I, every day I feel like another one bites the dust. You know, I have friends leaving left and right because I get it. You know, the, by most traditional markers, the quality of life here is pretty miserable. So if you want to do things like have kids or own property or, I don't know, a car or something or have a lawn, like this is not the best place for you to be. Well, it'd be interesting to see, like we're all very much sort of um, breaching the old and new of food writing in New York, sort of the where, you know, print is still possible, but a lot is on the web. It'll be interesting to see where people sort of our generation of food writing sort of age and if we stay in New York and how that shapes food writing in general in New York City. Well, you are three people who will be doing the shaping, it sounds like. I, so That's very generous cool. of you, Ben. Well, yeah. It's, it's nerve-wracking. That sounds very cool. <laughs> well, before we, uh, before we end our show today, I want to start a new segment every now and then because Ben and I read a shitload about dating and about love and obviously all of us in this room about food. So I'm going to steal a segment from one of my favorite podcasts, Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's on NPR. And at the end, they do like, oh, what I love this week or what I hate this week. So if we all just want to share something in the food or dining world that uh, – We've loved this week briefly so that you guys out there can sort of um, catch a ride on what we are, what our brains are working on. Mine right now is that I'm just finishing up David Brooks's Road to Character. It is a fascinating book in general. Um, and I just finished the chapter. The seventh chapter is on love. It starts on page 153. The whole book is about like the road to character and, and looking at different people throughout time who have mastered uh, struggle or dignity or self-conquest and like how they've sort of overcome things in themselves to be, you know, morally sort of rounded persons. And so chapter seven, starting on page 153, is about Mar uh, Marianne Eves, who turned into George Eliot, Marianne Evans, sorry, who became George Eliot, the famous writer. And it's a beautiful chapter about love. And unlike the rest of the book that's about self-mastery, it's about how love is, like, all-consuming and how, like, real love is impractical and it's selfless and it's shocking and it's foolish. And it's just really beautiful to see how this woman became you know, a child and then became the, you know, the writer that became George Eliot, uh, the very famous novelist. So road to character, David Brooks, that is what I'm loving this week about dating and love. Who else would like to share something? I'll go next. Go next. Ben. But I'm going to be the angry curmudgeon that I am and Shocker. share something that I read that I didn't like. Shocker. Which was this article on GQ.com called the real reason you just got ghosted. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this is an article written by a woman, um, and it's... Directed about, toward men. Directed toward men, okay. and it's about her. It, there's th it shares three anecdotes, one of which is hers, and the two others are 
uh, stories from two female friends of hers. So without going into the reasons why, why did it piss you off? Because it basically, uh, it, it tries to, um, it advocates, in fact, like ending a relationship by just flaking and not providing any sort of ghosting answer or reason which is yes like the antithesis of what we've been talking about as far as honesty exactly and it gives reasons why they believe that that is a fair way of ending a relationship and all of those reasons in my opinion are 100% bullshit what's the article called again the the article is called the real reason you just got ghosted I encourage our listeners to go give it a read it's on gq.com and you know if you have an opinion on it shoot us uh, an email at lovebitesradio at gmail.com or f- come log on to our website lovebitesradio.com um, or tweet at, tweet at us and let us know what you think. Ladies? Well, I, I would never ghost out of a, a relationship, first of all, but it is okay to like ghost out of food events, right? Because I am a master food events ghoster. Yeah, I think it's, well, I think it's situational. If it's like a large-scale event where it's not like a one-on-one interaction... I wouldn't ghost a dinner party, but those like, you know, plus one crushes at some bar, like, no, I'm, I ghost the second I walk in. What do you love this week, Sarah? All right. So the disclaimer is that I have not actually read and or bought this book yet because I'm still kind of sour grapes about the fact that I did not come up with it myself, as I'm sure maybe are you. It's Woman Chefs of New York, this new cookbook um, that is, that showcases, I think, up to 25 of the New York, of New York City's super influential um, chefs like Alex Raj from uh, Lavara, Christina Tosi, uh, April Bloomfield, of course. And basically it takes you into their kitchens and shows you four of their recipes and tells their stories. And it sounds amazing. And I'm bitter that I didn't pitch it a long time ago. And your lady food writer show really decided to made me decide to get on the stick and stop being sour grapes and just read it already. Woo-hoo! Awesome. On my list now, too. Yay. Thanks, Sarah. Jamie? Uh, what I'm loving this week, um, I have. We're not- hating if you're on Ben's side of the studio. Mm. Listen, hatred is a just a valid and emotion. Well, how about love. something I'm intrigued by because I, I haven't been yet, but I'm excited about the opening of the Museum of Food and Drink in Williamsburg, which is, um, I think listeners on HRN are probably familiar. It's it's Dave Arnold and Peter Kim, and they've been fundraising for years, and it's finally. Um, open in a physical space, and I haven't been yet, so that's why I cannot distinctly say whether I love it or hate it, but I'm excited that they made this dream a reality and turned, I can't believe New York hasn't had a food and drink museum before, and now, um, even though it's tiny, it does. So uh, maybe if there's any listeners out there who would like to go on a date with me (gasps) to check out the Museum of Food and Drink, um, please find a way to stalk me on the internet and make that happen she's jay feldmar on twitter right so that's one and then that's obviously true. if you shoot us an email we will we will get you in we will hook with, you up with miss jamie awesome she's cute too i'm sitting right next to her yay this is a very pretty studio today i like it <laughs> well thank you guys so much for joining us jamie and thanks sarah for thanks us. for coming sure. us. thank super you fun. um that is our show for today next week we welcome another lady that i love lisa mendelson who does marketing and publicity for one of our favorite restaurant groups avroco uh until then our theme song is once again chloroform perfume by my darling uh ben rosenblatt's band no denial our engineer today once again was malachi thank you malachi and once again our sponsor was that awesome wisconsin she's cupid app uh thanks so much to all of them and thanks to you for listening please keep in touch with us we will be back next week right here on heritage radio network see ya your love is chloroform perfume just one whiff and you start to swim. 
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Yes, I know if I saw you, I'd big on my knees for your love.